Welcome, everyone, to episode 97 of Dial the Gate. My name is David Reed. We have a really special episode planned for you. If you are, if you are a fan of uh, Brad Wright's Stargate uh, uh, universe, um, pardon the pun, then this, this will be an episode that answers some questions for you. Uh, we have, uh, fandom has always wondered, um, what happened to Jessica Steen? You know, some of us were really attached to that version of the character. Some of us, like me, were attached to both, where, you know, we had we had one flavor of one performance and then another performance came in and just, ah, I can do this one too. Uh, and with this episode, uh, Jessica Steen uh, explains her story. So let's get to it. We're at episode 97, got uh, uh, this week and then next week to go, and then we go on to a summer hiatus with uh, episode uh, 100 being in the middle. Uh, Don't unsubscribe from our channel because we've got more content heading your way. But before we get started with this episode, if you like Stargate and you want to see more content like this on YouTube, it means a great deal if you click the like button. It really makes a difference with YouTube's algorithm and will definitely help the show grow its audience. Please also consider sharing this video with a Stargate friend. And if you want to get notified about future episodes, click the subscribe icon. And clips from this live stream will be released over the course of the next several days on GateWorld.net and uh, the next several weeks and into the summer on Dialgate as we move into phase two. Let's bring in Jessica Steen. Okay, that screen is good. That's Very menacing, good. menacing. <laughs> this, I, I watched, uh, I've, I've checked in, and the, the head was turned away at another point in your, and now it's like, well, staring, um, staring you down. That's, uh, <laughs> that'll give me nightmares. <laughs> All right, yeah, that's he's from Atlantis. Yeah, um, how did you procure that? So I was uh, in in two thousand in two thousand nine. Uh, the guy who was in charge of the team and company that was selling off the SG-1 and Atlantis assets at the time yeah. contacted me for long of the short. I ended up being a, a guy. Top of their list. Right. Yeah. So I was. I, I proved that you know I knew what I was peddling you in terms it. of knowledge. That's yeah. what you say. You, you earned that guy. Yeah. There, and the they were like, yeah. okay, he knows what he's talking about. He knows where all the bodies are buried in terms of <laughs> – being able to look at an episode and saying that's from that scene there and prop item prominence when you sell merchandise. Yeah. So, sure. um, yeah. Yeah. So that turned into a two year gig and we sold 6,000 items and, wow. uh, I kept a few pieces of them for myself. Got a little bit of a Good discount you. You, with the company. Again. As long as MGM got their cut, everyone was happy. So yeah. Yeah. Again, and now I have set again, pieces. You earned it. Thank you. Looks awesome. Yeah. That's Thank great. You. you all set? Yep. All right. Um, so this is pre-recorded. So I will be uh, uh, editing it, editing it tonight, and then it's going up at one tomorrow. So uh, if it along the way, or if you want to email me afterwards and say, you know what, this, but I don't think it'll just, just I think we're going to be cool. I think okay. we, have, we have a good time here on this show. Yeah. So yeah. All right. <clears throat> Jessica Steen. <laughs> okay. Okay. Sorry. <laughs> 
<laughs> Jessica Steen, Elizabeth Weir on SG One's Lost City. Doctor, Doctor yes, excuse me. She knows five different languages. She's brokered <laughs> sure she a dozen UN peace treaties. Some Daniel Jackson <laughs> referenced for the uh, the agreements with the Tokra in Stargate sure. SG One. Thank you so much for joining us. I am flattered to be here. Thank you for inviting me. You know, it just dawned on me, Jessica. I should have sent you a copy of Lost City so that you could have a, a chance to to poke it over. Okay, so you did send me links. And, did I? Uh, I? You did. Oh. You're ahead of your own game. Yes, yes, I, you were on it. Okay. And, and I tried to watch yours, and for whatever reason, I hooked them up to the TV, and they got very fuzzy. But I have um, I have a way, and I watched. Okay, I watched so you it, obtained so. it. I needed a refresher. Yes. Have yes. you Have you seen the show? Um, uh, did you Did you watch the show after it aired, or is this the first time? You know, it was so long ago. I'm sure I must have at some point, but the, it was very good to watch again. So, oh, that was, that was about me. My question: What did you think of it? It was it was supposed to be a feature film. The the bones of the idea, and yeah. well, um, they, it, the, where I watched it, they ran it together as one. So it was okay. kind of the movie. Yeah. Wow. Well, there you go. So yeah. let me let me back up a little bit. How are things going with you um, and Heartland and any other projects that you want us to be aware of? What as we're coming out of this uh, dark tunnel, you know how how are yeah. how are things? Well, I along with lots of people have made you know significant changes. Yeah. Um, you know, um, yeah, it's been a precipitous kind of you know. I find I, I, I did a podcast re recently for a couple of uh, guys, Jack and Brad, who run um, Stay at Home Sun. Okay. And they they got in touch about, um, you know, they just got their engineering degrees, but they're living in their parents' basement. And so they're Literally. interviewing people. Uh, yeah. And, you know, looking at the prospects of yeah. what next and how, yeah. who are they going to be as adults and careers and things like that. And so for whatever reason, I got connected to them and they wanted to know what I had to think. But it was, it's it's interesting how we're all having to reinvent ourselves a little bit and look at, you know, creating new chapters for ourselves. So, yes, I have been doing that uh, with my life and where I'm living and all that stuff. And um yeah, but 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 it's nice to be uh, back on Heartland and with the folks that I know well here, and and so and and to tuck into this season, and yeah, so season I'm fifteen, I'm, right? Yes, sir. Mm -hmm. And as you indicated, longest running drama in Canadian history. That is, or is it, it longest running? It's not longest running TV series, is it? No, I think Beachcombers still. Okay. But that was a half-hour show, so we're in there. Yes, yeah. if you're looking at, you know, terms of minutes, I know, if you're getting, if shots. You're, if you're, if you're <laughs> nitpicking a little bit. But anyway, yeah, I, I take pride in the show because I I really like the people that watch it, you know. And, I, and one of the things that I'm proud of is that anyone can watch it. Yeah, and a lot a of my show. friends, I've turned, I turned a lot of my friends from watching late-night news and then going to bed with all that on their minds. And I've said, why don't you watch A Little Heartland? where everything is beautiful and turns out well and um, every little hair is in place and you're going to sleep better at night. So I, many of my friends have, have become Heartland, you know, like, yeah. It's, uh, it's chicken soup. It's what? Chicken soup? Have you not, yeah, have you not heard that expression? No, but I guess I get it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I've always, called, um, yeah. I've always called Stargate chicken soup. I mean, at, at the end of the day, it's something that families can sit down and enjoy, and it's something that you won't be uh, dwelling on too much, fretting over. 
Uh, it 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 resets you for it's it's like something you could watch on Sunday night before a long work week. You know, it just really exactly. And neither both shows are are, are thought provoking. They you know they deal right. with topics and they do address. It's not uh, it's not without its you know issues and topics right. and and so I I appreciate that too. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. When did you know you wanted to act? So is there a story there that you can share? I, well, I get this question a lot because okay. you know it's it, it, it for a lot of people I think. They, you know, I, I've seen bumper stickers in Los Angeles, born to act, uh, you know, and, and, and I, I, I have to say that for me, and I've said this before, but it's, it's true. It's that, you know, that if you, if your parents run a company, chances are you're going to take it over for the most part. If you, if you grew up a farmer, right. that's what you know. And so my parents were both in the business and all their friends were in the business. And so I at an early age, you know, and because acting isn't always very uh, financially stable as a, as a kid, as a teenager, I needed to make some pocket money. And, and uh, so, and it was my con, you know, my contribution to taking the weight off my folks to, so yeah, I've been acting since, I don't know, since, well, my, my mom and I did a series together when I was eight. So I, I never really went, I know what I need to do. I will be an actor, <laughs> right? It wasn't like that for me because my family's very loud and very, I mean, you can't get a word in edgewise. And my grandparents and great aunts and uncles, every year we would do a Christmas concert and they dressed up and they had all these classic old, uh, you know, skits that they would do and so my cousins and i we started had our own show and we would make up songs and skits and so just for the family or for the public yeah no 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 for the family okay you know every time our family got together christmas right this is what you entertain yourselves with yeah yeah and so you know we we had family guest stars and we dance we had dances and my cousin and i anyway so it's not something that although my mother and i are the only actors in our family it's not it we're pretty dramatic so (laughs) i just and i just started doing it to make money and i had already you know been doing it as an after school program and yeah high school theater arts and all that stuff so yeah there wasn't a moment it was just sort of keep doing what what you know what do you wish you had known then that you know now if there's any one thing (sighs) oh god uh don't shy away from a job or you know something like yeah you know, two things come to mind. One is, uh, you know, no, knowing when to say, am I worth it or, yeah. or or I am worth it? So knowing when to say yes to something and when to say no to something. And, I, and, it's a, and it is often a crapshoot. You don't know for sure, but I think your gut and to, uh, to maybe not operate out of fear right to you know to have the voices in your head oh what if what if what if but to be able to uh have have be grounded and have confidence it's very hard as a and when i watched rewatch stargate you know it brought up a lot of things because because of the way it went down um and and it's a tricky story to tell but um you know i i think yeah i, I confidence is a thing that it's it's hard to have early and those who do have it early it can be a double-edged sword and right 
you want it, yeah. you know, so you can sit in yourself and go, I know who I am and I know what I need and I know where I'm going and I'm not going to wield it like an idiot, but I, but I'm not going to um, be a sycophant or a tyrant or whatever. And I don't know that I, it's the, it's the kind of thing, David, that I don't think you can, it's hard to tell a younger person. Uh, yeah. You learn by experience and the, and the Stargate experience for me, uh, was a teaching ground for sure yeah. more more in the negotiating and the way get the off camera stuff than than anything of course yeah i i've been having a long running conversation with a friend of mine we've been working on a project for a long time that's very sensitive to her it's uh, she's been uh, uh accused of all kinds of things and you know it goes back to what are you willing to put up with yourself and and your own self worth and depending on the type of person you are it's very easy for you to tell a friend you're worth more than this. Stop right. doing what you're doing. Stop putting up with what you're putting up with. Mm-hmm. And then we say that message to ourselves. And it's like, oh, no, I, I'm not worth that. You know, or the flip side of it, the, the psychopath side of it is you know, worse. But yeah. I mean, yeah. you know, it's, it's yeah. especially for artists, you know, it's, it's hard to balance that. What am I worth? You know, and you have to always keep checking yourself, too, because you can go off either side. And. Um, Quite honestly, as you said, you know, being an artist and, and, and an actor, I equate it to being in an abusive relationship because in many ways. <laughs> you're, you know, like you're always you're always like doing the thing to to to, to get where you, you right. know you want to go. And you and you put yourself out there and then you wait by the phone. Right. And then sometimes you're really the thing and then you're so not the thing. Right. And then you're, you know, so it, it has to do with your ego and your self-worth and being yourself. But at the same time, is that enough? Are you worth it? Will they like it? Will right. they buy it? Pay you make pay your rent? Da, da, da. It's yeah. it's it's a very it's like dating. It's like it's it's different. You know, if if most people, if they were asked, do you want to? you know, go on job interviews three or four times a week and put your intimate self out there for people to judge and choose. Not many people would do that. And then to also live the life of never knowing when you're going to work or when the next check is coming. And that's a whole lifestyle that a lot of people wouldn't choose as well. Yeah. I mean, it's, it's a, it's an industry where there are periods (laughs) look at right now of, of fallow and, Mm -hmm. you know, you have to, you have to think ahead. You have to plan ahead. Mm-hmm. And I, I would imagine it's it's a, a part of it is, um, okay, I, I know I, I want to know what I'm worth. But also, you know, I want to make sure that, you know, I'm not cheating anyone else out of the group in terms of what it is that they're worth as well. There's only so much money that can be – that can go around for a specific project. You know, mm. I would I would think that. And it's at the same time, you know, I want to make sure that I'm getting paid what I'm worth. But also these dingbats over here, you know, what what do they really know about the, the people who are financing this project, about who's watching, about who is getting the most uh, attention when people are talking about it? This whole mm. thing that went mm. back about William Shatner and Leonard Nimoy for years on Star Trek. It was a huge issue about which of them was was prominent and it can really damage a series. It, it it reminds me that when I was uh, when I moved to LA to, to do a show called Homefront and we were mm-hmm. shooting on the Warner Brothers lot and Friends started right then and our show had a lot of young people uh, you know we were a crew of youngsters and we were having such a good time and they were a couple of studios over um, and we all you know heard at one point they walked out they're not coming back unless they get a million an episode oh my god you know and we were like 
well, should we do that? You know, um, <laughs> uh, we so didn't. But but when it came to friends, you know, yeah, it's a cultural phenomenon. Holy Nelly. Like, yeah. yes, they should have, because it was an unprecedented money making yeah, magical moment. Like, yeah. But 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 when you say, you know, caring about how everybody else is being paid for as an actor. Yeah, that's producer's job, and right. and uh, you know you, you have lines. You, well, but you can stand for your own worth, okay. and, you, and it's and it's in a vacuum. You have no idea. Okay, Ugh. so what a mess. <laughs> Jeez, it's you know that's it's, a topic. <laughs> it's it's you know like one of one of the comments that um that I was reading, and I got submitted, and I was kind of. I was kind of frankly perplexed and I didn't add it to the bunch was uh, this, this gentleman said, and I'll pull his name up here somewhere. And it has to go back to the things that you have to do to get where you are in the position and, and to get on screen and I'll pull up his name, but he said, you know, I read somewhere that you don't um, like auditioning. And I remember thinking to myself, I can't think of any actor who likes auditioning. <laughs> well, that's you know what? That's not true because I really have a lot, and, and and they tend to be male actors. Okay, I have a, and and uh, I'll say this: I enjoy act, um, auditioning much more now that you're doing oh. self tapes and you're and you're and you're able to do it in the comfort of your own home. Some of the things that I really like ugh, get tense about would be you know. I don't know. It's the, it's the, especially in LA, you, 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 you would get all dressed up. Right. And you drive across town to the Sony lot or the, which in itself is a whole career dealing with that traffic. It's a full-time job. And if you had back in the day, young and whatever, you might have three in a day Yeah, and you're literally changing clothes at lights in your car. You're looking at your Thomas guy, trying to figure out where you're going. You're, you're putting your makeup on your, it's like, yeah. That in itself was a was a was a Wonder Woman show. I thought that was pretty funny. But but and then walking, you know, walking from your you going through the gates and it's like it's all very daunting and you know, Emerald City, and you park your car and you walk in your high heels all the way wherever you're going, and you walk past all the women who look exactly like you, wearing exactly what you're wearing. And who are and auditioning you for your part. And you're all sitting in the same room waiting together. Right. We're all like yawning and shifting and, you know, biting our nails and kind of running our lines and looking like crazy people. And then you go into a full room of people that you and they and they start talking, introducing them like, war, 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 war. It was like, like a peanuts. peanuts teacher, yep. right? It was like, I didn't hear anything. I don't know what's happening. You're like, oh, <laughs> um, so self-tapes at home in you know dressed with in from the jammies down you know like in your t- and, you know you can put <laughs> well in, you know, i um, your, your, i don't know anything like, about that know, don't stand up david i don't want to see what you- <laughs> but you know you put up a sheet and yeah. you and it's so much nicer That's right true. The less intimidating and uh less gas. anyway but Gasoline. It's, a, it's a yeah that too yeah um but yeah it's one of those crucial parts of being an actor yeah and i think and i've heard a lot of male actors say oh i love it it's like going on the battlefield i'm like i'm gonna bite the head off this thing I and can, all those guys yeah, in there and murder and i'm like the type oh, she's better for it than me <laughs> you know yeah yeah but that's yeah and it's interesting because that's not going to service your performance anymore any better. No. worrying about these other things you have to convince them with your character not convince them 
having being exhausted from the road and everything else. So that's yeah, right. I that's one of those side effects of COVID. You know, that's really going yeah. to push things because yeah. we have the infrastructure for it. We've got the technology. We just got to do it. More. Yeah, yeah. I mean, you don't get directed and you don't get feedback. Yeah. So it's in a vacuum, and you kind of are like, I don't know what I, you know, but. Other than that, for me, yeah. you know, it's a much better format. Jessica, tell us about a role that stretched you in ways that you didn't think were possible or was more challenging when you really dug into it than appeared on the surface. I'm going to cop to something about this because I, okay. Just like I said earlier, I got into the business to 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 put money in my pocket to yeah. pay pay for clothes and yeah. and then my my mom and my stepfather moved uh, away as soon as I finished high school, so I then was out of the pan into the fire as a working person and I didn't we didn't you know again <laughs> the, the the money flow of an actor my mom we didn't I didn't have money to go to university so yeah. didn't go, just jumped into the workforce and one of the drawbacks of that for anybody that's thinking of doing this for a living um, to go to school and really stretch yourself, right. To, to, to have that place to try things that are out of your comfort zone Explore. to, yeah. And be, and be schooled on how to get to, to be characters that are so far from your wheelhouse. I didn't do that. I literally had to make money, had to pay rent, had to do what was comfortable. And I knew and, and, and felt, uh was me sort of Mm -hmm. and so the drawback to that is you know if i were to look over my filmography or whatever i honestly but for a couple of things a lot of it's been in my wheelhouse like things that aren't too far from me i'm one of those actors i'm i'm not a i didn't even recognize them in that part person i'm not that Mm -hmm. person i'm sort of like you know uh, yeah, I, I just. Hello, Bob Carter was in that role. That was her, you know. <laughs> yeah, right. No, well, yeah, and so you know, there's a lot of people that are that are actors that don't need to be anybody else because they do themselves so incredibly well, and they and everybody just wants to watch them because they're fascinating, right. weird, interesting characters. And then there's other people that can transform into a million different things, and that's I'm, I'm amazing. And then I'm in the sort of if this was me in this circumstance kind of actor. And so to answer your question, I don't think I've had that opportunity to the degree where I'm finished or satisfied uh-huh. or could give you an answer. I want to find that still. Okay. And as I get older, I'm getting the opportunity to audition for things that are outside my wheelhouse and sort of, uh, you know, quirky different, you know, there's older witchy ladies and all these, you know, so, so I'm, I'm literally going, wow, I need to up my chops and try to get these parts that are more caricature and fun. And I want to do that stuff. So let me ask you the next question, then come back around to this. And I think that this will help because you have been given an opportunity to come in and out of a show that has lasted a decade and a Mm -hmm. half. I can Mm -hmm. only imagine the number of actors who have really had an opportunity to grow as a series grows and to, to grow with, with the, with an era and with the times and with right. a, an ongoing, uh, 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 as you said, topical discussion that has evolved over time as well. What has it been like growing Lisa Stillman in Heartland for 14, 15 years? Well, 
hilariously when you go for a wardrobe fitting you realize how you have grown in 14 years because nothing fits anymore hello menopause so uh, a lot of muffin topping and spanks and stuff so that kind of growing isn't as fun to watch happen um uh you know i think one of the not to not to sort of uh cut close on this but it's just this what what is great about heartland is you know where we all are and you mm-hmm. and the consistency yeah. of who we are and the place and you kind of know how people are going to react and who they are and you watch them go through certain circumstances but they are who they are and i think that's comforting for people so in terms of like the arc of lisa her circumstances have changed right we've gone from um not being together and you know navigating our relationship um and moving in and becoming part of the family and you know she didn't have children right. um and and so becoming part uh, uh you know an aunt or grand great grandmother that kind of thing it's like yeah uh that's circumstantial changes but in terms of and you know i think she's she's um i i i often use my mom and my and her first cousins so my cousins and my aunt and you know I have a lot of really wonderful Ontario uh waspy woman women in my life that I adore and what's fun for me is to think of how it kind of makes me feel closer to them because when things come up I'm like what would what would mom do what would Lynn do what would carol do and i'm I, like i really think about the ways in which they would react to certain circumstances so do you so, put a dash of them in oh yeah oh that's oh, yeah. cool oh yeah it's like mom oh, yeah, sure. wa- watch next week's episode you may see something familiar <laughs> oh so so this is a funny thing so my, my my one of my best friends from high school's mom and we i spent so much time at their house growing up sitting around their mm-hmm. dining room table and she used to walk in the house janet would walk in the house and she would just to see who was home she'd go yahoo Right, and she yelled through the whole house. And on the third floor, you could we would like yeah. So I put that into uh, every time I walk in the Heartland house, uh, and I used to do it more often. Obviously, and now I live there. But I would right. walk in, announce that I was coming. I was like yeah. And so uh, adding little pieces like that to the to the Ontario women that I grew up with, I, I've enjoyed doing that. Yeah. <laughs> and you looking at. at the body of work that that you've achieved um, through through this time period and getting to really refine a character has it going back to the earlier point helped you to say to yourself you know what I'm I'm ready to start pushing those buttons on getting more uncomfortable with 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 uh, going out for parts that are more outside of myself and the women that I know has that helped yeah yeah I mean last year. Uh, I was on a show and had to play uh, a racist lady. Mm-hmm. And there have been parts in the past where I would read it. And I'm like, I don't want to be that person. Yeah. You know, there, I was on Earth, too. And right. when my character started to be a traitor, you know, uh, uh, I got a lot of feedback. And I was I was introduced at that time to holy moly. You know, yeah. you know, I would get letters and when on home front too, I would get letters where people would say, God can save you. You're, 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 you're going astray. You, how dare you be? They're thinking you know, she's real. You're right. They're talking to me. They're putting my name on the, on the letter, but they're talking to me as if 
I am the person. It's a bit, you know, and I realized early uh, how influential the things that you choose to do are, right? I, the, only, the only control I have in my contribution to the fabric of culture and society is to choose the jobs that I will or won't do. And, you know, oftentimes you're like, I need the money. Am I going to go out for this right. thing? But honestly, yeah. if you go out for a series, if you go up for a series and it's a regular, you got to be prepared that it will. I, I would never have guessed that doing a guest spot on Heartland would have me there 15 years. Like most things you do, any guest spot you do doesn't do this. Off, like when does that ever happen? You do a guest spot and on you go to the next thing, never right? Know. One episode. You never know. But if you're if you're auditioning, not for a guest spot, but but for a regular, you got to really go. Hmm. Do I want to live in this town potentially for many years? Yeah. You know, work on this kind of material. Yeah. You know, and does it shoot mostly at night and dark? You know, like there's some heavy material out there that I just don't. I don't want to. I don't think I day in day out would want to live. Because you're and in that person's thing head that, too, to a certain extent, yeah, depending on what. And you're well, you're living the stuff, right? Yeah. So if you're doing, you know, procedural, torture porny type yeah. TV, yeah, you're embodying and acting and yeah. looking and doing and you know that's heavy, right? And that's not and so I so it's not only a choice of like how do you want to spend your time in your life, and it's also how do you want to contribute or not. And so turning down certain jobs, even though they might have been lucrative, they didn't say what I wanted to say is, is you, you, you know, it does make choices about your career and that kind of thing. I can't remember the question. No, you answered it. You hit it on the head. <laughs> oh, good. Okay, good. <laughs> I'm going to I'm going to skip a let ahead a little bit here uh, and we'll come back around if you if you've got a little bit of time. Uh, Jean Diotta Smith. Uh, how familiar uh, uh, Jean Diotta asked uh, how familiar were you with SG1 uh, before being cast as Dr. Ware? Not at all. Sorry. Okay. Not at all. Are you but, a sci-fi fan? Well, I'm a softcore okay. sci-fi fan. Edward Coyle wanted to know that one. So, okay. Yeah. Like, I mean, I, okay. I, 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 and I learned another thing. So yes, I learned a fair bit about sci-fi fans on Captain Power. Yeah, but I learned a heck of a lot more uh, about sci-fi fans because the internet was just starting right. on Earth on Earth too. Okay, yeah. So, so Clancy Brown would come to work, and he was on the internet. I didn't have a computer for another. I I, I don't even know how many. I was late, late, yeah. late to the game. Um, he would come to work with these printouts of all the things that were being said, and we're like, what? I can't believe like the. Yeah detail with which these people watch it. So I didn't even think about that. You know, like I just remember reading one where, well, they were walking through the river and then just a short time cut later, their pants are dry. How do I'm like, Oh my God, they're watching these people. They're watching and they're like tracking all the information and doing stuff that I, you know, anyway, so that was a real wake up call. And I, and when, it, when you ask me if I'm a sci-fi fan, I am, I am, I, I'm a noticey kind of person. I, I'm like a, a, like a, a continuity kind of person or I can read a script and go, wait, 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 that doesn't track. That wasn't, you know, right. but, but no. The ins I and am, outs I of it, like, I am, yeah. 
I'm a right. I'm a right brain. I'm not a left brain. For sure. <laughs> okay. What do you, I was going to ask you? Like, what do you? What? What's the genre of like supernatural, charmed, Black Mirror, Outer Limits, Alfred Hitchcock presents? What, it's is all that sci-fi anthology? fantasy. It's a, it's sci-fi fantasy. So it's, that yeah, I like. I okay. like that a little more for sure. Right. And I and listen, I also like. I do. I do. I did get a hit last night watching it again. Um, of how, you know tickling that part of your brain where you know i'm not a religious person so yeah. so i just like the idea of having faith that i wish there were a little uh, that, uh, that the aliens generally would be a little nicer overall we always <laughs> deal with such nasty aliens why is every you know other than Starman or et it's like right. why is every alien got to be so mean anyway if you go but, through sg1 you know the the little the little green men actually turn out to be good guys yeah. So it's it's a it's it's a trip. So you you weren't you hadn't followed SG one um, before. Oh, that's what I was yes. going to say. Is that sorry? Is that uh, Doctor Weir was green also? So yeah. in a way, so, correct. So this was so I went in there thinking I don't need to know anything. I'm going to learn everything with the fans on the show, right? I, as the as the audience see, learns, I learn, and I've I'll be you know reading those boxes full of files and stuff like that. That's but, right. Um, in um but i you know i think i actually drove the writers producers bananas i to to a not good degree because then i would come in with all these questions that i think you know i would think she would have but you know i'm a stickler for detail and i maybe i should have done a bunch more homework or i or or they didn't have the answers to certain things because they didn't exactly i don't know i don't know i know i drove them crazy oh so you came them to them for a lot more than like yeah and i don't know if they just would if they should have turned to me and said would you go watch the show and get off our backs or whether my questions were dumb or if my questions were they didn't have the answers so they didn't want to be pushed on them or they you know i was thinking like is this an inconsistency or is this something i you know anyways i i drove them crazy i know it well you know i mean <laughs> <laughs> we've all been there you know one 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 shape or form i was one of the things that i wanted to ask was was any episode given to you like as homework to kind of get a feel for it but it sounds like you were just thrown into the deep end of the pool and yeah and to, and kind of basically she's either going to do her own research on it or not right okay uh yeah okay and and what year was it that was 2000 and one moment 2003. Yeah. Okay, so. so just to, just to put into perspective, uh, I don't think I even got a computer. I got mean, it. Or do, you know, do, you know what I mean? And did they give me VHSs or CD, like right. DVDs or whatever? Like, I don't know. A lot of this stuff happens quickly. Yeah. You know, from casting. To, it, it, I'm not using it as an excuse. There's no excuse. I, no. I, I, I could have, I'm, so, I'm, I'm sure. But anyway. Yeah. Okay. You had your approach. You know, um, what do you recall? Um, and, and you went and you went and, and uh, rewatched it. Uh, what the intensity of that that job felt like as being, you know, it's it's a it's a, a season finale, potentially a series finale. You know, we're mm -hmm. potentially going into another uh, show. Do you recall uh, the intensity of this particular project and the the uh the commitment to really of everyone on board to really getting this one right 
you know, being in charge of the SGC, Goran Andonowski asks, you're, you're in charge of this whole thing. You're coming in here. But you're absolutely but, green. Yeah, but that's the thing. You know, rewatching it, it's like she's not in charge. There was like at, at no point does does she actually, you know, she has a couple of flare up moments where she goes, I'm this is my chair. And, and right. you know, but I don't think she ever felt like she was in charge. And if she felt in charge and I have to say, it's so funny to watch yourself at that age and think. I, that doesn't even sound like me. Like I, that's not my voice. And uh, uh, what? And you know, uh, would someone of that age have actually accomplished that mm-hmm. much and be taken seriously as a woman? Mm-hmm. And that, I love that they went there. I love that they took a chance and 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 put that person. But you know, and and here's the other thing I I, I like about that show, like I do about NCIS when it comes to procedural stuff. They have a nice balance of humor and personal interactivity and combined with serious issues and, mm-hmm. and, and weighty content, right? So I do, and, and that is, it is a tricky line to navigate, right? Where you're, you're, you want to keep both things well served and not diminish the, I don't know, the intensity or the, right. or the, so I think Bill Devane does that so well. <laughs> he is brilliantly. The yeah, but he's the kind of president you would love to have because yeah. he's he's weighty. Yeah. You don't want to mess with him. Yeah. But he's always got a smile and he's a good old boy and he's and he's and he's you know never he'll, he'll, he with a smile he's going to give it to you. Yeah. Oh. Um. So I. So <laughs> I I sorry. Yeah, You're okay. Um, um, so I, you know, I love watching him. I love watching him because he does that really well. Um, Jessica, I, I, I don't think you give yourself enough credit for that role. <laughs> get, get, look at the context here. She starts on a Monday. They get, a, yeah. as the guy who look, keeps a track of all the data, they get attacked on a Thursday, the same <laughs> week. She yeah. is still getting her feet wet, you know? Yes. And yeah. she has, she knows what she's doing. She knows people's names. She knows what needs to be done when she's there. Yeah. This was yeah. the first few days of this assignment. And when you think yeah. about it in that context, Ronnie Co- friggin' Cox coming in, you know, you got the vice president leaning over yeah. your shoulder saying, you're going to yeah. do this, you're going to do this, and you're going to yeah. like it. Yeah. yeah. I think that she did just fine. And I think okay, that you had, give, had you given that. her a few more months, like in the story, everything was, everything was clicking along right, just right. Yeah. Yeah. So. All right. Well, thank you. And, <laughs> and yeah, I mean, yeah, it's, it, I mean, it's like, it's, 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 it's the magnitude of a job like that. Yeah. Yeah. You can't even, right? Well, <laughs> I mean, she asked her, I am not qualified to deal with aliens. And yeah. the president's like, someone has to, you right. know, we, we have to have an equivalent to this. So I, it, as, as I'm watching, it's like, uh, there is a, scattered a little bit of scattered and 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 uh, casual you know and i watched don davis who holds such oh. you know he holds that weight so well you know yeah. um he just did such a great job of bringing that that side of it right yeah. to 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 the role I, and so um and it counters with Harry, you know, who, who, who plays, he's kind of the Michael, I don't know. Yeah. Anyway, I, I, whether oh, yeah. We, you know, Richard Dean and Michael like, Shanks, the kind of chaotic, you know, 
Yeah. Hammond so was anyway, the father yeah. figure. You were coming in to a show that had this 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 father figure in the form of Don Davis for for seven mm-hmm. seasons, and you're mm-hmm. appointed by a new administration, and it's like you're back. His, I mean, yeah. was this place? I'm in charge of this place, so I, I guess I'll read some files and figure it out. You know, as I as I go, you, yeah. I started. I was told last Friday, <laughs> so. right? And and here's the other thing, you know. Yeah, all my stuff was well. Aside from the you know the the White House and the getting in the limo or whatever, right? It was all in that in one the set on the in the yeah right, and wow. it's all imagination of where yeah wow. so yeah. Do you recall? And, and it go ahead. Yeah. No, you go ahead. Do you recall? <laughs> Um, what was the audition process for it any different than some of the I, others? Not at all. So you weren't made aware that this was this was potentially going into a new TV series. Oh yes, that for sure. That's what I'm interested in. So yeah, the, yeah. so the 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 information comes out about it, the breakdown, and it's like this is a springboard into Atlantis. Right. Yeah. Okay. All right. So what was that like going in there thinking, okay, you know, if if this if this pans out the way that it's supposed to, this this could be another seven years. Was that well, daunting? Was that like, well, at some point I'm going to have to watch this whole thing or or not, depending on on your personal approach? Sure. And here's where we kind of can't avoid like what happened. Okay. Right? So I, as I said earlier, like I do take things quite seriously, right? If I'm going to commit to something, I do take that very seriously. And um, yes, I, you know, I, you know, I've heard that, oh, she didn't want to live in Vancouver. Well, that's so not true. I mean, I have family in Vancouver and, and I've, you know, no, I'm, I'm, I'm Canadian and I'm happy. Anyway, that was part, was that part? No, absolutely not. Cause when I, do I want to live in Vancouver? Sure. Absolutely. Um, <clears throat> do I want to work on this show? If I didn't, as I said before, when you look at the breakdown, when you look at the material, when you look at the situation, you go, could I do that for a long extended period yeah. of time or not? Right. Um, And so I would not have auditioned for it uh, or done it if I had not been prepared to do it. And if I was going to do it, I was going to do it extremely uh, in a committed way. And and part of that was when I when I drove the producer writers crazy with details, a lot of that was like, what's going to where are we going with this? And should I do this or should I do this? And can you tell me? how this out what's the outcome of these various things and should i foster a kind of this or this or anyway so you can be mentally and, and act- actingly prepared or just project yeah. where the growth of this character or the knowing yeah. of the so i was asking a lot of like future questions and so anyway uh okay yes yeah, so when i signed on to do anything and this show for sure i was prepared especially looking at how long this one ran and the potential of the second one to do the same right Gotta, gotta, gotta commit to that. So then, yeah. And then, you know, then they, then they held me, you know, they, they, you know, they hold you from doing anything else by paying you a certain amount of money to keep you from getting on anything else. And then, um, then in the fall, uh, they let me go and no phone call, just note, just your agent was notified. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. I'm green about that. Is that how it's done? So, well, I think it was unceremonious and here is why. Um, So when I, when this came around and I think it would have been happening in July, late July, and we would be shooting in August. 
And and you said it was 2003. Mm-hmm. So at that point, uh, uh, so at that point, I had, now I don't have children and I don't, you know, uh, I don't have other careers, but for 20 years straight, I went to Burning Man, changed my life, if you know what that oh, is. And oh, very so familiar. I haven't been, but yeah. The first year I went and for every year afterwards, I, not single-handedly, um, produced a camp. Like we, we, if you know anything about it, there's, there are theme camps and um, you apply for space and there's rows of streets and the front street is the main, you know, it was on the main drag. So that it's all facing everything and you're sort of responsible. You have to really show up with the goods. Now I went, you know, for the first time in 98 and there were 14,000 people in the, you know, now it's up in the eighties and stuff like that, but it changed my life. The first time I went, it changed my life. By the second year, my boyfriend and, and I at the time spent so much money, so much time creating uh, an, a scene, yeah. an interactive scene uh, with a bunch of our friends. And we just created this amazing, and it was so gratifying. Uh, it was like producing a play, uh, a, 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 an amusement park kind of engaging. I mean, we had everything. It was set decking, it was music, it was, we were painting and building and coordinating. And we had, you know, it was so much. And we all had characters we were playing and we all and so and producing and you have to bring everything 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 right from water to food to fuel to generators to yeah because it all goes out at the end right you guys leave it better than you found it biggest leave no trace event on the planet and so for me it was my family i missed weddings showers bar mitzvahs everything for I know my family knows how important it is to me. It is my family. It's Mecca. It was going back every year. And here's where, you know, if I commit to something, uh, you know, I'm going to do my best to be my word and do my thing. So I had committed, this was a year long. This is a, I did a a documentary on the, the theme camp, uh, leads and what they, it's a full time unpaid job (laughs) It runs year round and you're coordinating hundreds of people and everything from, you know, far right brains to far left brains and infrastructure and trucks yeah. and insurance and da, 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 da. And we were bringing out huge structures like huge scaffolding and stages and lighting and music. And so I loved it. And at that point, it, it in no way was known and there was no cell service and there was no selfies and there was no, and so it was a much quieter thing, but the, what it did have is a terrible stigma of, oh yeah, it's just naked drugged out people, you know, pissing around in the, in the desert. Right. And so uh, my agent advised me to tell them to, 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 to say that I needed the days off. I had to be done by this date, which I did because I was a camp lead. And I was driving a five-ton truck out that was full of all the stuff. So she, he said, tell them it's a family reunion. I said, oh, it is. Uh, and that you can't miss it. I'm like, and I can't. And we'll have an end date that they have to have you out by. And I was like, okay. So I get, so that's our, that's, it's a true story for me, right? As I said, it's as important to my, to me as my, my real family is. And so it is a family. Yes. So go to set. 
fall in love with everybody. Martin Wood and I are like, but just like everybody yeah. was awesome. He's amazing. The crew, the cast, everybody's awesome. So fun. And I can't keep my mouth shut, I guess. It is a family reunion. I am going. People are interested. I'm talking about it. I'm also having costumes made. I had to like, I was, I'm a stilt walker. So I was having these huge stilt costumes made. And, you this know, is a I was a big having, thing. You're excited. I'm excited. And I'm having like, foggers and bubble makers delivered to my you know ah. to my trial like it was bananas so yeah and you're this end, is this is all that's going on when you're filming lost city you're getting prepped for this yeah got it i'm literally coordinating like a producer heading out into the sahara desert to, you know to, to and getting all the tickets and all the you know early entries and all you know all that stuff whatever um doing all that and it's not Sure. Yes. Are, is there naked? Yes. Yes. Are there? Is it, sure. Yes. But yeah, for it's me, everything. It's, it's everything. something much more. Right? Yeah. So I, they all then come to know that I'm going to Burning Man. Okay. And I, and they arrange the schedule to get me out by the date that we agreed upon in my contract and whatever. So, uh, in fact, I shot all day one day. I had a day off and I shot again another day. Uh, you know, so it was like Wednesday and Friday. So, I fly uh, the last flight out from Vancouver to Los Angeles. I pack the truck all the next day. I have to pick up the truck. I pack the whole truck, five ton with friends, and we fill the whole thing. And I fly back that night. And I go to work on Friday. And then I boot it to the airport again and fly back to Los Angeles. And I drive because we have to go in and build this whole thing before it opens. So I drive out to the desert and we, you know, we do our whole thing. So... I don't know how long later it was that I talked to John Smith, uh, you know, mm. producer on the show. Mm -hmm. And I guess I called him, you know, uh, at some point And I just said, Hey, I guess I just want to know what happened. And and this said, is after, this is after everything has been. Yeah, this is, you know, I think it might've been, it might've actually been a year later. I don't know. Okay. Um, um, so he said, why don't you come in and see me? I was like, oh, good okay. guy. I feel like I'm going to the principal's office, right? What's this? I, I, so I go in there. Lovely man. He was such a lovely man. And he said, um, I said, can I guess? He goes, yeah. Yes. And I said, oh, well, I know I drove them crazy asking too many questions and getting, I, I drove them crazy. He goes, yeah. And I said, and it was the Burning Man thing. He goes, yeah. He said, he said, they felt that if you were more committed to naked drugging in the desert that you would be committed to uh, doing the show the way they need them needed you to. And I was like, the irony about that, John, is that uh, for me, it's a true story. I was going to a family reunion. I was not lying. Um, it was more important to me than several family meetings, as I said. And uh, my commitment to it is the commitment that I would show to the show. Yeah. Uh, and unfortunately, no one ever had the conversation with me. Yeah. I was unceremoniously let go without explanation. And, and he said, I think there are regrets about that, the way that went down. And I said, okay, well, and I don't know. And here again, you know, I don't know how I would have done it differently. I think at that time, my agent was right to say, I don't think they're going to understand that you're that committed to getting naked and doing drugs in the desert. <laughs> like, they won't understand what you're doing and we have to not, yeah, we have to lie, I guess, or say it's something else or whatever. So Burning Man, that's how it happened. Yeah. It's, um, I didn't know what it was until Malcolm in the middle. 
Um, they had oh, yeah. they had that episode on it, and I'm like, yeah, yeah, that's interesting. <laughs> you know, it's a parody of it. You know, yeah, yeah. And then I start. I it's one of those you really do your own research, and it's like there's oh. so many parodies. I mean, it is. Yeah. It's, but and then it was it like, is. okay, that's what this is. And it's one of those where it's like, it's kind of like cryptocurrency. Oh, well, you must be doing drugs. No, it's an investment. You know, it's there's right. so much more to it than than everything that went down with Ross Ulbricht and Dread Pirate Roberts. And Burning Man has that kind of stigma. And, you know, and I, I, I look at the work that uh, Tori did on Atlantis, and I love Tori. I love Tori as a person. And I can't help but wonder, Jessica, what your performance would have done to that show. What what they would have taken from you and, and done with it. And I is it something that you were like, you know what? At the end of the day, this is the question that I've really wanted to ask. At the end of the day, it was probably for the best that I didn't get it because these other things came up. Or is it like still one of those scabs where it's, I really would have enjoyed that. Uh, I think I, I I was I was hurt, or yeah. I was like misunderstood. Yeah. And I'm I'm definitely the kind of person that I'll apologize if I completely, um, you know, did something bad or wrong. Yeah, but. If I can explain to you why I did what I did and help you understand from my point of view how it was honorable or my intentions were good, then um, then great. And and I didn't get a chance to do that. Mm-hmm. And that's the biggest sticking point for me. I can't I, – I'm the kind of person that will audition for something and I put the, the sides and the breakdown directly into the recycling bin. I think – I don't, I cannot, just like I can't invest in any audition, I cannot invest in anything that isn't mine, right? That, the way it happened is the biggest sticking point for me. What could have been for me on that show or what, what I ha- I cannot play in that landscape. Okay. Because, yeah. you know, why, what why does, torture what yourself? What why? good does it, yeah, yeah. yeah what, what, what good does it do? And okay. then, yes, of course, you know, am I a person that like everything happens for a reason sometimes? Because great things can happen. <laughs> other, right. other times, you know, but. Things unfolded the way they did, and I can't have regrets about it. And again, I don't know how I would handle it differently if something – I don't know. It's a, t- it's a tricky one. That's fair. You had some dynamite scenes with Devane, with, oh, with yeah. Ronnie, Ronnie Cox, yeah. Yeah. Michael Shanks, Richard Dean at, yeah. that, at that conference table. Do you have any memories of working with them? I remember thinking that Michael Shanks and Michael Weatherly were – they, they could play brothers. You know what I mean? They had a very similar, to me, they had a very similar, you know, ease and humor and and the way they dealt with the material. Um, and and I just liked that, uh, uh, working like that with them. Um, it is always intimidating to come into a, an established cast, crew, show situation as a guest star and make yourself at home and mm. feel, at, and especially if you're holding a position of, 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 of power, or whatever, mm-hmm. and, and to, you know, telling the leads what's going on or what they have. I to will do. consider yeah, it. Yes. <laughs> like, you know, what? right. To Richard yeah. To yeah. <laughs> yeah. 
Right. Yeah. So, so, um, and honestly, when I watched it last night, I was like, that is almost happening to someone else. I have no idea who that is right now. Wow. It feels like you're really divorced from it. Just, is it time? Divorced. Is it time or well, is it time? It's like, it's like yeah. you, it's like, it's like if someone showed you, you know, footage of you in the school ground fighting or talking or playing or doing something. Who is that person? Like, who is that person? I said those things. I looked that way. It's like it's somebody else, honestly. Yeah. There, I mean, of course, there are pinpricks of memories about all shows and yeah. all situations in your life. But when you yeah. get, when you have to look at them again, you're like, ah. Absolutely. Yeah. No, it's uh, for this fandom. Uh, it is it is an an impactful performance, and I, I I want I want you to know just how um, the uh, the response over the years uh, from from the, from Lost City to Atlantis afterwards has really divided people's allegiances because you've got the group who is I love the actor I'm committed to the actor it's the actor it's the actor it's the actor. And then others who are like, you know, I, I can step back and look at this and say, what if this person had actually continued this? And there are right. so many people who are like, you know, and I'm getting that back out there again. I loved Tori. Um, I'm, I am one of those who is like, what about the possibilities? You know, because I'm not in it as in, in the perspective. We, we, the fans are not in it in the perspective that you were where it was work. And, you know, it was it was your it was going to be your nine to five. Um, yep. and there's so many of us who are like, you know what, it would have been incredible to see her do that, you know? And then you got the other people who are like, nope, nope, she's not Tori, you know, because that's what they saw yeah. and that's who they yeah. loved, you know? Sure. And you, and that's not easy to, to come in and, yeah. and that I don't envy anybody that has to step into a role that's been somebody else. And it is, and it's mm. hard for that person and it's hard for anybody watching. And I remember doing. I thought it was hilarious. I remember doing a, a, a soap in, in New York called Loving and, and the woman who was playing this part got too big to, you know, she was pregnant and she her shoes wouldn't go on and stuff like that. And so, and they just went, playing the part of Trisha will be just, I'm like, and they said, can we see how long your hair is? And I'm like, as if the length of my hair is going to fool the public. <laughs> right. It's not the same. Person. So it's, it's, it's weird yeah. for anybody to see someone else play the part of somebody yeah. that's been, wait a minute. Who are you trying yeah. to, but anyway, and, and do I, as a creative person with like an imagination of what if, or what, what if Atlantis in, 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 in Antarctica, like, cool i would right. love to have done that played in that imagination landscape and 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 what if this and provide and provide to, to be an ambassador for that yeah. geez that would have been really fun and i and i you know i think the weight or the or the her gravitas or her or uh -huh. her em empathy or her you know uh the growth for that character oh my gosh epic Right. Absolutely. I did not watch any of Tori's stuff and I don't know her. So, you know, once it was done, I was like, well, okay, put yeah. that on the shelf. Yeah. Right. It's uh, a gig. I didn't go, I didn't go and say, well, what you know, I didn't do that, but, but would I have liked obviously to, mm. because if that was happening here, I'd be fascinated. I'd be so excited. It'd be, it's like creating a whole, 
Well, you know, you know. Absolutely. Man, it's a you whole know. thing. It's just, it's just, yeah. it, would, it would have been creating another Lisa, you know, except yeah. no, every episode. I think, honestly, that's that part in that way, way more layered, way juicier, way more intense, way yeah. more incoming material, way more variations of, you know, like there's just so much to. And that's one of the things of playing a part like that. It's like, can you possibly even imagine what it's like to be dealing with that? I can't even imagine what it's like to be a politician, let alone someone <laughs> dealing with, you know, it's a bureaucratic role. So much. Yeah. And that's and that's who Weir was at the end of the day, you know, yeah. and she I, I can tell you just just to take a couple of minutes, you know, once she got to Atlantis, there were um, just to give you a peek into into what she dealt with, uh, the character dealt with. She was because of circumstances being forced to step aside and let the military come in and take over at mm. least twice. Mm. And mm. in the second mm. time it was. A situation that Weir said, this is crazy. We can't do this. If you go forward with this, I'm going to resign. Mm-hmm. And the situation ended up killing her. Mm. And uh, ult- uh, her physical form, ultimately. And it's just one of those where it was it was a great arc for a character. She went, you know, all over the place. And, you know, all of us fans, you know, uh, get to, who rewatch the material again and again, sit back and go, what if? So, you know, <laughs> it was it was cool. Christina and I, I really appreciate you being so open about it. That and and, and filling yeah, us in. I, I, it's yeah, I, 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 I uh, we will never know. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, it's like I would like. Yes, would I? I would not have signed on if I hadn't wanted to take that journey for sure. Christina Jacobs says she says I've watched two thirds of Jessica's lifetime filmography and have enjoyed all the different genres and roles that that she's played. Like most fans of Jessica, I'm always wanting more. So my question is. If you could make a full-length feature film based on just one of the characters you've portrayed over the year, uh, the years, who would you, who would you pick? Uh, I I think I actually think I'm going to circle back to the same thing I said before, which is I am still waiting for that one. Want yep. Okay. I I mean I I have ideas, uh, realms and characters that I would like to play in. But honestly, been there, done that. I yeah. want to try somebody different, new. If I was going to do a movie, sure. I'd like, I, I, yeah, I've got places I want to expand into. Absolutely. Not revisit, I suppose. Uh, yeah. The, the, the one that I would uh, go for with that would have been, let me pull up the character. I want to get her name right. Oh. Um, let me see here. David, shame on you for not having this ready to go. That's my fault. <laughs> No, but you're, you're you're quick on your fingers. <laughs> um, <laughs> what's the, what's Jennifer Watts? I would oh, have well. loved to have had that backstory from Armageddon. I grew up a Michael Bay kid, you know, and yeah, I yeah. love <laughs> your response. You know, if I decide to kick you in the balls and you don't know how to work <laughs> your thrusters, what happens yeah. to you? You yeah. know, it's one of the, it's yeah. one of the greatest lines in in, in action cinema. Uh, I would have loved and to have seen a character. One of the that. most beautiful guys ever. Oh, he was such a sweetheart. Oh man, yeah. absolutely. The world, the world lost some great talent. Oh my god! And just to say, like his voice, his voice literally yeah. vibrated your body because it was so deep. And he was so cute and so funny. And <laughs> he, 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 you could scare him, and he hated being scared. Like if you jumped uh. out behind a door. 
a guy that size who literally his arms were the size of my torso. Michael Clark Duncan. Oh my God, a big man. Like you're like, and he and I, this is kind of funny. He and I were back in the circus, you know, uh, in the trailer zone. And, and I, and we, I don't know, we, I, we, ch- I challenged him to a, a race. I was like, there's, I, you cannot outrun me. You, I don't know. You know <laughs> what you weigh. Yeah. You're all muscle, but I bet I can beat you in a race. Yeah. He goes, he goes oh, but, you know, whatever. So we started to run and he goes, Oh, oh and I'm like, Oh, come on, come on. You can't be serious. You're going to pull one of those. He goes, I think I pulled a hamstring. I'm like, get out of here. But I think he did. <laughs> oh gosh. <laughs> but seriously, he left a message on my phone that I kept on there forever at one point. Cause it was like, it was deeper than very white. It was oh, like, and I played for my friends. Can you believe I wanted yeah. him to make me an outgoing message? Yeah. <laughs> Jeez. I couldn't, I, nothing would happen if I kicked him. <laughs> right. <laughs> be like well, zero G it's on the what asteroid. <laughs> That's yeah, right. funny. Um, zero zero, the real ITC and M E. Um, man, I wish I saw this show. Uh, the, the, what, what are you talking about? Captain power. What was captain oh, power? Like, what so, did you call Wait, what did you call it? Zero zero, the real ITC. That's that's his YouTube username and M E. Oh, yeah. oh, sorry, they, sorry, my okay, apologies. Sorry, sorry, sorry. They were both asking about um, Captain Power. He says here, if you haven't seen the series, the finale will rip your heart out and crush it into pieces. And he wants to know, Jessica, what did the death of the character? What did you think of the death of the character, especially since this is a kids show? You know, I, really had well, its time okay. in more than one way. I, yes, absolutely. I mean, yeah. it was the first interactive television, which I didn't think it really, in terms of, I, you know, I saw teaching opportunities right. for that kind of thing. Like if you were, t- you know, Sesame Street interactive, that would have been fun. Or, you know, there were ways to use, I don't think I ever saw the same kind of thing. It was the first, you know, you bought, it was funded by Mattel Toys, right? Right. And then, and then, and so when Christmas came around and I guess that didn't sell as well, then we were done. Yeah. Yeah. But this was a situation where I didn't, okay, this is like, I didn't want to do the show. Okay. I did not want to do the show. I, uh, this post apocalyptic world, and it felt super dark and heavy for kids. Yeah. And I, like I said earlier, when if I'm going to sign on to do something, I want to get behind it. I want to be able to put my, I couldn't, I couldn't, I couldn't, I couldn't. I didn't want to play in that world. I don't know. It felt very bleak and yucky. Well, didn't I want to ask you to say and, power on then. <laughs> oh, I know. But so here's the thing, <laughs> you know, after, after, you know, it kept, ha- it kept coming back and I was like, uh, and I felt very pressured to do it. Yeah. And I said, okay, but I'll, I, I, I only, I only want to do the first season. That was how I signed on to do okay. it was I only want to do the first season. And I don't know if I said, kill me at the end of the first season, or they said, okay, we'll, 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 we'll get rid of you by the end of the first season. I'm like, it, okay, great. So I was my own demise. I, that <laughs> was my first blowing up. And, uh, uh, and, um, That's right. so, but, but then, you know, getting on the, on the show, you know, it was, oh my gosh, it was such a pr- unprecedented kind of CGI, the, right. the, the whole thing. And it was, and it was back so early that the way that it was being done is so cute now. Right. So when we would stand in front of our, in our pods 
and put our hands over like old seventies lamps, these upward facing, you know, those ones yeah. hand down. The, anyway, so they had the up facing one, we put our hand and then on the screen, you know, there was a little TV monitor that, and they would take a Sharpie and outline us on the screen and then we would run off to our changing rooms and put on our spandex and come back and running back and they'd been and they come back and they a little more to your right a little more now and stop don't move and we would fit back into our sharpie shape and uh and power on um so that's cute as anything and you know peter mcneil uh we laughed a, a lot we laughed a lot and made the most of uh, you know because we were shooting in an old bus station yeah not yeah. not a station where where passengers come and go and there's like a cafeteria. No, yeah. it was a depot. It was like a fix the buses, store the buses. So there was no insulation. And in the summer we boiled, wow. and in the in the winter we froze. I mean, there we are in our spandex, like <laughs> we're either boiling or freezing. And this and it was and it was all this like foam rock. So there's a lot of chemicals and a lot of beehive smoke that they use to create. I mean, whoo. Um, but so it, and we would get giddy, you know, you'd just be there for hours and hours and we would just right. get giddy and I don't know. So it, it was, there was a lot of fun to it and, and some, you know, heavy stories and yeah. you, know. you, I still have, I had a lunch, I had a bunch of ships ah. and I have my, my, uh, the way they ra raised money, they did, uh, you know, they made trailers to, to raise money for it. And the woman that played my part, very blonde, very buxom and whatever. And they made all the plates for, you know, all the armor for those people. So my, when I powered on, I went from like an A cup to an E cup. My, I like to just shot out these big gold boobs and my, my super, my, uh, what do you call it? Figure my, um, your avatar, you know, my little doll, no, no, oh, my little doll, figure. my action figure, yeah. my action figure. <laughs> That's uh, I don't know who that is. Blonde. I I have a couple of them still, and I'm like, see me. <laughs> I haven't aged well, have I? I mean, like I went to the studio. <laughs> Kurt, uh, Kurt Galaxy Studios wanted to know: Have you uh, stayed in touch with any from anyone from that show over the years? Um, the I uh, within the last year, yeah. Peter McNeil and I have become friends Aww. on Facebook. So yeah, you know, yeah. It's... and then and then I saw Tim when we did our 25 year interview thing it's yeah. just but i, I know yeah you know, the, you know the the things that it's like you know what if it if it had the cult following that it has now you know you would still have finished in season it, it who knows what it would have done it's like looking at that with with a lot of the the cross merchandising that goes on today is very much similar at looking at what was called den dinner digital entertainment network with what netflix did a few years later it was too early you know, and yeah. what the infrastructure really hadn't evolved, but Netflix would yeah. not exist without Den. And I can't imagine right. what we have now that wouldn't have that wouldn't have existed without a show like Captain Power paving uh, the way. And yeah. for Mattel to go ahead and say, we'll take a chance on this. Let's see what happens. Yeah. You know, yeah, it will be and interesting one way story. or another. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. Yep. So. I think the technology, uh, like I said, I think it, it, it could have served a lot more purposes and done different things and uh, and the evolution would have been interesting to see and the storylines were you know there were a lot of really deep and and, mm. and juicy storylines yeah absolutely 
And uh, I, I have to I have to finish on a funny one here. King's Rook and back again to the real ITC said, Jessica, any explanation for the propensity for your characters to die in explosions? Five oh characters gosh, and I... counting, apparently. How? Oh, did really? They counted. I love someone that. counted. Uh, <laughs> I know it's 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 um, you know, the only thing I can think of it was it seemed like it was. Uh, do you remember the uh, SCTV? Uh, characters that John Candy and Joe Flaherty in the in the film farm farm film uh, review or whatever it was, and the two of them to, sitting yeah. there, and the two of them sit there. May God take a liking to you and blow you up real good. <laughs> so there's nothing left. So, so I guess uh, God's taking a liking to me because real good five times. That's I know it's weird. It's it's weird. I mean, I remember doing it when it happened on on uh, well, we're blo- on NCIS. We're, we're blowing you up for for sweeps week, you know, when when they get all their ratings. I'm like, oh, I'm glad I'm serving a purpose. Unceremonious. <laughs> 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 One more before I let you go. Uh, Amazon has is begun the process of of buying MGM. It's just a matter of time, be it two years from now or five years from now, before Stargate comes back in one shape or form, either in the Brad Wright universe that was created for the TV series mm-hmm. after the movie or something new. Okay. Would, would you be opposed to coming back as someone, as, as a new someone for SG4? No, of course. I'd love to. That'd be great. Yeah. Right. As someone else. Yeah. I would love to see it. If if something does come down the pipe, if, if if it does end up getting getting shot uh, somewhere that's accessible to you, please audition for it. Please. Oh yes, absolutely, absolutely. <laughs> and I, I mean, and 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 yeah, the, the, you know, of course, those kinds of shows, you know, and I've done a bunch of. It's so good for your imagination, and it's mm. so good for you know. Yeah, I would love to. That would be great. The velocity. I hope that for you guys. Yes, we we have been we've been very patient, Jessica. <laughs> But the, the velocity of the storytelling has slowed um, to the point where it's fewer number of episodes. You know, The Expanse was picked up by Amazon from sci-fi. So it's one of the shows that everyone is looking at that and saying, if they can adapt a previously existing show. Um, I have a start- friend on that show. Oh, yeah. And are, yeah. are they happy? Yes. Okay. It's Keon Alexander. I think he's having okay. a great time. There yeah. we go. I haven't yeah. seen it yet, but I'm looking forward to it. <laughs> oh, good, good, good. I, yeah, I, I have sci-fi. You know, fans that are like, "This is the one." It's great. I've heard. Love it. Absolutely. Yeah. So, yeah. Jessica, thank you so much for for thank for you for inviting me. I really appreciate. It. Thank you. My thanks to Jessica Steen for making this episode of Dial the Gate possible. It was such a treat to finally sit down and talk with her. And she's someone you know that I've I've admired for years, long before she was on Stargate. I found out she was going to be on Lost. It was like. They got her. That's great. And then, you know, things changed out changed out with Tori, and it's like, okay, this 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 other girl's got her stuff. You know, this is a terrific performance. And so I've always been like, you know, it's like, well, Jessica's Tori. I'm I'm really I've always been so torn in between because I've loved them both. And I've gotten to know Tori over the years. So it's like it's it's so it's been so hard for me. And the other thing is. I'm going to let you in on, you know, stuff here. I uh, Darren over at GateWorld and I, because I was there once it was like three years old. I've been doing this since I was 18, and I'm 38 now. And we have been so privileged to have access to Brad and Rob and Joe and Paul and the people who have um, made uh, these stories possible. 
And we have, you know, because we're fans and we want to know the stories. And so we have those stories from their perspective that we will take to our graves. They're not our stories to tell. Uh, and it's it's so, you know, interesting to to bring uh, someone on and and have them tell their story. And it's like, because I've been doing a lot of oral history with Dial of the Gate and Dialing Home over when Stargate Command was a thing. And oral history is very nebulous. People remember one thing. It was a, it was a blue canoe. No, it was actually a gray canoe. Little things like that. Persistence. Memory is weird. Uh, and so it's so, it's, it's always so pleasant when someone comes on and verifies everything that you knew. And, you know, that was one of the big ones. You know, why was Michael Shanks, why did Michael Shanks ultimately, what was the reason that he left the show or reasons, you know, why was Jessica switched out for Tori? You know, those, these are not our stories to tell. These are, these are their stories to tell. And you, you go online, you see fans going, oh, it was X, Y, and Z. And they're spinning in a hamster wheel and you're sitting there and they're like, the fans are like, this is why it was. And we're going, no, no. (laughs) So so to get an opportunity to have someone come on and actually explain their side of it. And for me as, as a reporter, you know, to think, to uh, go back through my brain, I'm like, yeah, that's, that's exactly what I heard, you know? And, but the right people have to tell that story or those stories don't get told at all. It's just not our place. So it was terrific to have her on. And it's also one of those other things that's flashing in the back of my mind as a neon with a, as a neon sign would be as the older that I get is that communication is so important. You know, um and there isn't always time or an opportunity for it and you get to, you know, deal with the consequences of that, you know, over years of of dwelling on it or in in Jessica's case, you know, it was the time that it was, once the opportunity was over, I moved on. You know, I found out a little bit later what was going on, and that was it. And it's such a privilege to sit down with uh, the likes of her and, and the likes of, you know, the Joseph Malazzi, who we're doing an ongoing series with now, uh, and getting uh, those details uh, for uh, committed uh, in a place for, for all time where fans will be able to access it into, uh, into the future. And it's just really cool. So that's the nice thing about the – and the reason that I created this show – so thankful to Jessica and everyone else who have come on and given their stories. Absolutely. Dial the Gate is brought to you every week for free. And we do appreciate you watching. And if you want to support the show, support the show by buying yourself some of our themed swag. We're now offering t-shirts, tank tops, sweatshirts, and hoodies for all ages in a variety of sizes and colors at Redbubble. Checkout is fast and easy, and you can even use your Amazon or PayPal account. Just visit dialthegate.redbubble.com, and thank you so much for your support. So next week's lineup is going to be the lineup that is going to close us out of the season with episodes 98 and 99. At 12 noon on June 27th, 12 noon Pacific time, Joseph Malazzi is going to be joining us for part nine. Coincidentally enough, uh, Atlanta season one. So we're going to go into that first season with with Tori and uh, with Joe and uh, all the others. Joe had the, these are both uh, that are upcoming pre-recorded episodes, and Joe had some some really interesting insights uh, for for season one of Atlantis. And he's at twelve noon Pacific time on June twenty seventh, followed by my first interview ever with Bill Dow. A huge oversight on my part, let me tell you, because this guy has he's one of eight people who have been in all three. Uh, live action TV series. So that's uh, June the 27th at 2 p.m. Bill Dow will be episode 99. And then we're off. And so this behind me goes away. And I am going to the Midwest. 
Uh, we will have episode 100 over the week of San Diego Comic Con with the Stargate Atlantis cast reunion. The 45-minute version will be premiering there first. And then a few hours later or a day later, I'm not exactly sure which yet because the, the, the date and time are still being finalized, but they have a several-hour moratorium on the content. We will then air a 90-minute version, the complete cut over here on Dial the Gate at youtube.com slash Dial the Gate. And that's what we've got. And uh, be expecting com- uh, content to be produced throughout the summer as well. That's uh, pre-recorded. No, no real live shows. Um, this one does when they move. You know, everything's going to be chaos. And uh, especially right now with next to no houses on the market, that's that. So that's what I've got for you. I really appreciate you tuning in. My tremendous thanks to my amazing team, uh, Linda Fury, my producer. Summer, Tracy, Keith, Jeremy, Reese, Anthony, my moderating team, and my production assistant, Jen. Uh, you guys make the show happen. And to everyone who tunes in every week, my, my, uh, my viewers who are consistent with us, thank you so much for watching. If you just found the, found the show, I hope you liked what you saw. Click, us, um, that, click that like button for us and um, uh, help to get us into um, the, uh, the viewing cues of more Stargate fans. And um, we'll just keep on puttering along with this show. I <laughs> uh, think that's what we've. Uh, think that's all that we have for you here. And uh, I hope that the uh, uh, the interview uh, answered some questions that you had, and that uh, that you had a good time as well. My name is David Reed for Dial the Gate. Thanks so much for tuning in, and I'll see you on the other side. Dial the Gate is hosted and executive produced by David Reed. The producer is Darren Sumner. Co-produced by Linda Fury. The composer is Neil Acri. Animations by Bryce Ors. The production assistant is Jennifer Kirby. Moderators include Summer Roy, Keith Homel, Tracy Noller, Jeremy Heiner, Reese M., and Anthony Rowling. Logo designed by Deborah J. Bell. Additional effects by Thomas Tots, with contributions by model makers Chris Baker, Stephen Barr, Kevin Zabo, and Tom Paris. The archivists are Linda Fury, Zachary Adams, and Fred Eric Marcoux. For general inquiries for submissions, please contact us at dialthegateshow at gmail.com. Visit our website for the upcoming schedule, as well as an archive of our past episodes at dialthegate.com. Dial